And that was Eternal Flame by the Bangles. You're listening to Smooth Radio Through the Night with uh, John Walker and Nick Mailer. That's a very underrated track, John, if you don't mind me saying. I, I Actually, I, I, I do mind. I mind very, very much. It's, that's very offensive. I feel offended as well. So. The problem with being smooth, I've noticed, is you don't pick up on the microphone very well. I wonder if in smooth radio stations they have to have their, their <laughs> mic set really high. There's another problem with being smooth, and that <laughs> Adam Buxton does it better than either <laughs> of true. us. So that's another big problem with I being smooth. I can't be, smooth. but they've been, on, they've been off air for so long. They're back now. I know, two episodes back. I'm I excited. Would, I would recommend to anybody who listens to this, listen to the Adam and Joe podcast. podcast. Um, it's, it's generally very good. They're very chatty, they're very friendly. They have a good rapport with one another, and and you don't have to listen to the songs in between either. And those are <coughs> as they play the latest song by Vampire Weekend, whoever yeah. they are. Vamp- is that always going on about Vampire Weekend. Are you are you making that up? Or I know it's real? a real band. They were big at Glastonbury and everything. I've never heard a single song by them, which because no. I'm an old man now. I'm old. Well, there, there was something else that they... I like. Do you know who I like? What? The House Martins. What's wrong with proper music like that? Every woman, every man, join the caravan of love. <laughs> That's right. Which of course was a cover anyway. So <laughs> That's there we true. Are. Uh, no, they they. I was actually listening to one of their podcasts, and it, it wasn't actually the podcast. It was where they somebody illegally <gasps> rips from the radio and cuts out the song, so you hear the you hear all the links. Yes, and they talk. And I thought, is this a joke? Is this some racist joke or something? Because they talked about was it the the black children or something like that? Oh as, yes, as that's a, right. As a band. The, the band, the really. And at first, band. I thought, what what are they talking about? <laughs> uh, the the naughty black children, or is this something like that? It was. Yeah, I can't remember. It is something like that. It yeah, was very I, peculiar. I, I was surprised. What's today's topic? It's the young people's music. Today's topic to is, avoid is uh, that we will not be discussing is um, should we stop paying the BBC license fee? Well, we don't need to discuss that because the answer is no. So there <laughs> you go. No, no more discussion. Sh- no, we shouldn't. Uh, so long as Rupert Murdoch's ghastly progeny are there to whinge about it. That's true. There we are. All done. He worked. It's not fair. He worked very hard. The interviews that boy had to go through for that job. Yes. The age of thought, is he 36 or something? <laughs> yes. It's like almost as old as we are. He. Uh, there was an article about him and they were talking about how he would travel around... Um, India and try and find himself and then suddenly he clicked into businessman in the suit and tie with the media glasses and the ruthless use of PowerPoint presentations overnight and and now he's known as one of I shouldn't actually say any more because I probably, even this little thing. <laughs> Are you thing afraid will, of him? I'm, I'm afraid of Rupert's and his evil eye. I'm not. I'm going to say terrible things about about them. Okay, go on. They, they all, they kill fairies. <laughs> so all, the, all the Murdoch family, they get together once a year in a secret camp in the Appalachian Trail. And, and shoot they, gay people. They, no, they murder fairies. Oh, fair, real fairies. They're actual fairies. <laughs> I wasn't making a homophobic slight, you homophobe. But, but no, no, but Rupert Murdoch would. He would kill gay would people. <laughs> Hang on a second. But he would. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to kill the fairies because the fairies are good old Teutonic myths, but I hate the puffs. So he would kill the gays, but so not the fairies. So you were afraid of saying something to offend James Murdoch, but you're okay with saying that Rupert Murdoch would gladly kill a gay man. Do you think he wouldn't? Uh, I am I'm absolutely he, categorically certain. Do you think he, he definitely would not kill a gay man? I, I yes, think, I think he would, and I think he has. <laughs> definitely sure. I that he think wouldn't. that Rupert Murdoch has uh, killed yes. a gay man. Okay, that's good. Well, it's been lovely doing this last <laughs> podcast with you. Yes. <laughs> Hope you have a lovely time in prison. Yes. Well, it's not the worst thing that's been said about Rupert Murdoch, of course. Um, you know what uh, Dennis Potter, in, in his dying interview, called his cancer. 
Oh, really? He called his cancer <laughs> Rupert. <laughs> Which I thought was quite That's nice. Lovely. I think Rupert Murdoch got angry about that, but sadly... Um, Dennis, Pot- Dennis Potter died before he could be sued for slander. <laughs> How rude of him. <laughs> I love that Dennis, Pot- Dennis Potter was fun because like last, the last TV programme he made, he insisted the only... Because anyone would play anything he'd written on their channel. Mm. So he, knowing this, and knowing he was dying and he could play that sympathy card too, he forced Channel 4 and BBC One to share a programme. Yeah. So they had to show the first half on one channel and the second remember, half on another. I remember that. Play nice now. That's just Pot- Daddy, Just once. Just once. And the family had to pretend they liked yeah, one another. Right. Oh, and you all have seen the first half of this on Channel Bloody 4. Yes. I remember that. Um, what's the what's the run we're having today, John? It's... um. Captain Noddy, Noddy Sailor. I can't remember. We Jolly were something. supposed to keep the label, and, and you what, forgot bringing the label into the studio. But I so into the high tech, futuristic <laughs> studio, the well baffled studio. But I forgot to bring the label through. So it, it's Captain Noddy. It's a taste of vanilla. Sailor, essence. No, Sailor Noddy, I think it does taste of vanilla essence. It's it's an interesting little. It smells dry. more of it than a taste of it, though. It's mm. very good. It is. It's nothing compared to the rum which you'll be having in a future podcast called Straw. 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 Well, uh, you you tell me it's strong stuff. Sixty percent volume. Mm. It's it's kind of it's not as good as the eighty percent, but it's kind of like drinking a vapor, which is nice. Well, it is, and, and it'll clear your lungs out. If you mm-hmm. have pneumonia, you should just drink straw. And absolutely, it'll kill make it all it'll kill you and the disease at the yeah. same time. Yeah, it's absolutely ideal. I have some rules today. Oh, some rules. Okay. Yes, somebody on your blog, <laughs> my blog, commented that. They thought we were being nasty about the now. Yes, I saw or, a lot uh, of people have come. Or as, or as we should call it properly, the now show. Uh, I uh, had a quite a few tweets of that in fury about my being rude about the now. I noticed they seem to be generally younger people who haven't grown up in twenty grown years. Any, grown any sense pun, yet? <laughs> or I also haven't grown up. They think that Punt and Dennis just started doing these jokes oh, that's ten true. years ago, oh, that's and they true. think, oh well, it's okay. It's sort of funny. Said no. They were no. doing this 20 years ago, Have it's you... not funny. And and my rules are related to the sorts of jokes and observations that they would make, but continue okay. first. Before no, no, I, I think I, I they, 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 the first time I ever heard them was the Mary Whitehouse experience yeah. on BBC Two, but of course that predates the Mary Whitehouse experience was on Radio One before That's right. that. Yes. And, and Newman and Bedil, no, no, yeah, it was Newman and Bedil? Newman yeah. and Bedil. Rob Newman and David Bedil <laughs> made the TV version uh, bearable. Yes. The radio version, they played a much smaller part. And yes. then, oh my goodness. Well, the BBC brought Punt and Dennis in, according to my wife. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, so I, I haven't validated this with something accurate like Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, there's going to be a callback to this, so remember oh, yes. my saying this. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, she said that they were basically brought in as a safe pair of hands for Newman, for Newman and Medill. Uh, okay. So already at that stage, they were considered staid and dull and levelling. Oh, and, and the moderator role. I also remember them, and I remember finding them extremely. Extremely funny on Jasper Carrot's uh, television well, programme. to be fair, yeah. when exactly. everything, is re- everything is relative. And it was my first experience of stand-up comedy, Jasper Carrot. And I, and I love stand-up comedy, and I still mm. do. Obviously, I don't love his horrendous stand-up comedy. But um, when I was... I must have been 10 or 11. It was my first real encounter with stand-up, and I just found the whole format so fascinating. And, and he was delivering jokes that are funny to a 10 or 11-year-old, which probably wasn't his target demographic. Well, I remember Jasper... When I, when I was, came here at 88, 89, and Jasper mm-hmm. Carrot had a television programme on, and I and remember... And Carrot. I don't, I, it may well have been. I don't remember... I mean, I, I had just come here, and I wasn't used to British regional accents yet. Okay. So I heard him speak, and I thought, "What is this man Australian? Is he mm-hmm. New Zealand? What is this strange, weird way he's speaking?" And of course, he 
turned out to be a sort of Brummie, didn't it? Yes, he's a very diluted down and, that, and I was surprised to hear, because, you know, the cliché is, oh, you got a British accent. It means you either speak with a London accent or a mm. Scottish accent mm-hmm. or a Cockerney. Cockerney. Like, like, uh, like Dick Van Dyke. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I was surprised to hear there are other ones as well. <laughs> That's right. He was, it was a very diluted BBC safe accent, wasn't it? But, but with a bit of Brummie. But when I was a child, it was funny that he would spoof adverts that I'd seen off of the telly. Hmm. And then in between, Punt and Dennis would present these spoof science films and stuff. And, and yeah, I found it entertaining. You know what then. else I found entertaining? Phil Cool. Phil Cool, yes. Uh, with his funny faces. Cool it. And he did, a, he did an impression of Neil Kinnock at the time, uh-huh. saying, A finger of fudge is just enough to give your kids a treat. And obviously in a Welsh accent. And... Uh, <laughs> And, well, it was uh, okay. It was, it was actually, and oh, that's the, another rule I'm going oh, to yes, be making as well. Rule. No, it's not oh, just a, not rule. just the modesty rule. It's a, it's an, it, well, it's a sort of variation on the modesty rule. But okay, let's do. Let's go to my callback. You notice my hilarious joke I made about <laughs> about Wikipedia. Oh, you can't. You, yeah, you what did you read that on Wikipedia? Yes. That now that the, funny. You, you'll hear at least one point three of them every week on the, the now, now show. show. Um, where they go, X, Y, and Z must be true. I read it on Wikipedia. Uh-huh, it's funny because it's inaccurate on Wikipedia because yes. the ban on the previous episode of this program said it was. Yes. Now, I would like to point out that it's nothing to do with Wikipedia. In fact, um, epistemology has always been a cloud to true ontology. And therefore, to try and claim that it's Wikipedia that's the problem is missing the point that we all crawl through life trying to understand things and to ascertain mm-hmm. facts and we just need to get better at doing it now whether it's a, a slightly old and inaccurate article in the Encyclopedia Britannica or uh-huh. whether it's in Wikipedia it, the onus is on us just to be good about analysing for checking and for sure. resourcing facts and Wikipedia mm-hmm. is actually quite good in as much as if you find something that's wrong or suspicious it's mm-hmm. often pretty obvious uh, obviously suspicious, and it also warns you by its very nature that you should be careful when you're reading it, and you should look at the sources and find out where the links come yeah. from and so on. Whereas when you look at this lovely leather-bound Encyclopedia absolutely. Britannica, absolutely. of course that's true with Abs- a capital fact, with a capital F and a T. True facts. So in fact, I think Wikipedia is more accurate in as much as in as much as you are going to be more careful because it's more obvious that you need to be. So whereas the Soviet encyclopedia, which looked very good, was perhaps <laughs> less accurate, the great Soviet encyclopedia. And so, so yes, it, it's a tired old joke, and that needs to stop mm. now. So that's, that's well, a new the rule. Fact, the fact is that the Wikipedia is the most extraordinarily peer-reviewed source of information yes. in the world. And yes, that you will have found the example of the mistake, but... There are millions and millions of pages, yes. and many of them are on subjects far, far more complicated than you could ever begin to understand. Yes. And, I, and I would like to toast Wikipedia, because yes. it's, a, it's an extraordinary achievement. I argue it is the, one of the greatest achievements of mankind. I say this with no hyperbole. Yes. And you, when you're thinking of the great achievements of humankind, you, you think of uh, agriculture, you think of the su- inventing sewerage systems. Yes. You think of that. I think Wikipedia Plastic is surgery. Of would you argue that that was up there? Would you really say that? No, no I'm, I'm being fatuous. You are fatuous. Mm. But no, I always think Wikipedia would be up there. Yes. It's this incredible free resource well, of it, all the information in the world well, it's openly also, available it's to also, everyone It's in the also world. a good proof of concept for people who argue that people wouldn't do this sort of thing without, yes, right. without being the, paid. the annoyance of, of, of copyright and patent mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. This is, it's a big screw you to anybody who it's says incredible. that. And... So I've had enough of Punt and Dennis and all those other wretched folk on 
the now, now show for saying that sort of thing. So do you have any other... Because I had a rule about... I thought of a yeah. rule for this. Uh, uh, another related rule, please, mm-hmm. about uh, about the internet. This was fair... This was sort of funny in 94. Right. But yes, I know there is some pornography on the internet, mm-hmm. but there's actually quite a lot of other stuff. The reason there's pornography on the internet, I don't know if you've noticed, we are sexual animals who oh, also really? have a... Yes. Who rely very much on our visual memory. Ah, and when that combines, um, we find that quite effective. Right. Um... There we are. Every single medium, <laughs> every single medium, and artistic movement ever in the history of every society has engaged with sexuality mm-hmm. in ways that would be considered, at, in some fringes, pornographic, and mm-hmm. others aren't. It's no surprise that this new medium of exchange uh, and and uh, communication would do the same. So let's let's stop talking about it as if as if we're surprised <laughs> if it's novel, because that's part of being a sexual being. Uh, when we turn asexual. Yeah. Then we can be surprised okay. at finding pornography. <laughs> what, the, what the hell is this? I'm just going to split into two. Why do I need to see <laughs> any examples? Yes, exactly. So le- enough of that. Uh, uh, a corollary to that is uh, less of the estrangement, less of the go outside and do something less boring instead uh-huh, thing. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, People who are addicted... No, no, you know, you're in your anorak, you, yeah, you're an internet exactly. nerd, in your uh, anorak. And, and I don't say this defensively, because I do often go outside and do less Have boring things. I, I even go running without the internet and things like that. But I would like to say that if you feel the need constantly to go on about how you have proper friends, but other people don't because mm-hmm. they sometimes converse with them on the internet, then the problem is with you, so you need to deal with yourself. There are issues with people who are addicted to various things in various ways, but I don't think we should overstate the case. And in fact, the internet's probably been exceptionally good for people who otherwise would have been genuinely isolated. Mm. Uh, There was an interesting article about how old people in the future will never be truly alone in the same way that generations now are alone, because people are on forums and mailing lists now which is continue as they get older and older to be a part of the same yeah. community and at least feel there's some community. Now, you might say it's better that they go outside in their Zimmer frames, <laughs> right. but at least they'll have somebody to converse with who will converse back to them rather than what old people of today and yesterday had to do, which is basically sit in front of the telly and wait for Meals on Wheels to visit. Wither and die. Well, effectively so, occasionally watching the telly. Do you know what I've noticed when you're giving out all these rules? What? You're giving them out in your... Your incredibly Hitler-like voice. Mm-hmm. It's very frightening. Oh, und sofort muss man <laughs> auch... Okay, now, what, what next? Uh, yeah, I, the... have my, I have a rule. Uh, I thought we should have a rule that we're rude about the Now Show in every episode okay, of this podcast. S- sorry, guys. But in that's, some yeah. capacity. Until everyone, just by contrition, yeah. is convinced. Yes, okay. <laughs> it's awful and they should stop liking it. Oh, I'll tell you what. For the next... Uh, we is the, No, the Now Show's not on. I was saying when it is on, we should... Review. Have you heard what is on at the moment in that slot? It makes the Now Show sound like uh, the greatest comedy that's ever been it, produced. It sounds like a gelded news quiz. It's Fred Macaulay's news quiz. Fred Macaulay has uh, never found funny, ever. No. Um, and he's, he, he, he has this peculiar Scottish zealotry that's always <laughs> quite... I find any form of zealotry from any nation mm. always quite difficult to be... To just, I think, oh yes, you're other than you're other than me. Well done. Especially on an island this small, but people are bumping into <laughs> yes, each other. Saying, uh, although I've bumped into you, I'm very different <laughs> from you. I feel like we're quite similar, Mr. Mm-hmm. McCauley, and, and I don't really this yeah. uh, this need to underline that we're, we're different. Just feels a bit rude. I sometimes. agree. Anyway, screw it, you, Gaelic speakers. That, that's what you're saying, isn't it? <laughs> That, that, so I'm saying I hate all Scottish people is what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, you're trying to say you, you hate all Scottish people and you wish yeah. they died so you could have Horribly their highlands. slow, painful deaths. Okay, fair enough. Um, some of my best friends are Scottish. <laughs>
Yes. Um, anyway, two of my housemates at this cottage. Yes. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so the, it's horrible. It's him presenting. It's obviously being taped at Edinburgh Festival, which is why they were doing it, I guess. Mm. And it's it's like the news quiz, but somehow they what's what's the worst thing about the news quiz? Let's focus on that for half an hour, the, which is the, the horribly script and pre-prepared questions. So mm. the the contestants pretending they don't know the question, like oh, like of course. I'm sorry, I'll read that again. I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. Mm. Uh, where they go? Where uh, back in the good old days? Remember the good old days when Humphrey Littleton presented? Yeah. I'm going to have to scratch no, my no, leg. No, no, I'm just worrying your leg scratching will come up on the leg. microphone. Um, your wonky leg. My wonky leg, I can click my knee. No, oh, enough of that. rubbish click. Um, yeah, um, I'm sorry, I, I haven't a clue where uh, Humphrey Littleton from the good old days, he would uh, ask the team a question. He used, and they to, would go, he used to be um, alive. Uh, and then scrabble through their paper until they found the script they'd written earlier in the, in the afternoon. Yes, I remember that. Oh, it's horrible, I can't stand that. Why, does, why can't they have any genuine improvisation? I tell you why, because they'd be awful. Yes. Absolutely awful. Uh, if you uh, listen to the very, very first episodes, I'm sorry I haven't a clue, from the 60s, they weren't scripted, and they're absolutely the same people, just bumbling, appallingly unfunny, stumbling through made-up answers. So it's actually quite a good job that they scripted that show. Yes, because it, it's better. I mean, as, as we're proving here, improvisa- yeah, right. I- improvisation does not, always bear, does not always bear fruit. Do you know what was better what? than... Um, the good old days was better. Back in the good old days. But back in the good old days. Be, uh, better than, I'm sorry I haven't a clue, but exactly the same format. What? 99p Challenge. The, or, or, yes. Far or King Stupid, to yes. start with. I, why did I stop the 99p Challenge? Because it was quite charming, it was, it was clean, it was efficient. Even though it was presented by that woman you hate, Sue Zero. Perkins. I don't hate Sue Perkins. I thought you hated Sue Perkins. No, I like Sue Perkins when she's just being herself. I don't like her when she's forced to read a script. And she is on the course on the 99p challenge, yeah. forced to read a script. No, she's very funny on Just a Minute as well. She's quite good on that. Yes, yeah, I, I like her when she's doing her own thing. Yeah. But when she's forced to read a script, it sounds forced. But the 99p challenge have people like Amanda Nucci and Simon Pegg, Peter Bainham, yeah. Peter Serfonovich. All these people now have very trendy comics. Yes. It was great. It was a good programme, and then it suddenly just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Other great programs, Hudson and Pepperdine. <laughs> of course, whatever happened to Hudson and Pepperdine? Yeah. I miss them so. Well, with a p- hilarious female angle on the stand-up <laughs> yes. sketch comedy. Apparently, Hudson. Women have never done sketch comedy before. No. They have to have a female angle. Apparently, Hudson used to play Rob Newman's or David Baddiel's girlfriend, in, or something like that, in Mary Whitehouse. Experience. Oh, really? To go back to that or something like that. You love that. You love them now because of that. Your um, Joe Brand program that you love. I think it was a good program. You don't like it. it I was watched the first one. I didn't think it was particularly. My on. problem with my problem with these spoof documentaries is that if any cameraman were making a documentary and were that bad with a camera, he'd be fired on the first day of filming. Cameramen in documentaries don't wabble the camera and zoom in and out all over the place. They film quite sensibly. Well, they have to give extra verite to make <laughs> it verite, like, don't they? It just, it just me, who, who is this bad at filming? I don't know. It's like, some, it's like an episode of Homicide Life on the Streets on a roller coaster. That's what it looked like. Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, you protest too much because actually sometimes you have to over-egg the pudding to make it yeah. look like it's real, whereas if it is... You know, most people, when they're doing verite, have to try extra hard, so I don't think you should let that worry you from what was a very good and interesting programme. Hey, so it was okay. It was fine. It was, it was very right. good. It was mm. right. So you had another rule you wanted to give? I did, but I've drunk too much... Too much rum. Captain Noddy's... Captain Sailor Noddy's <laughs> rum. Captain Sailor Noddy's rum, too, but I, I, I suspect it will... Um, I have so up. many rules. Well, give, give, give me one of your more important rules if it relates to... Oh, not for, these aren't these are old rules. That I, I remember have. the old rules, but let's have a new one. I don't have any new rules. 
No. I did notice the other day that if you go into Waitrose, this is good. Uh, when you get, you know, if you go to Waitrose, they give you the little green counter yes. that you put into you, one of the three charity buckets. You know how? I, yes, you know how I choose the charity. How do you choose which one? I, I give the charity that's given the um, the least. <laughs> oh, you do. Yes, because I because I think because I think. Um, you, 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 common people have chosen the obvious choice. I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose the rehabilitation and giving cream teas to paedophiles charity. <laughs> so that's probably what it is, rather than the help the orphans charity, which is surprisingly we forgot, got the we big budget. Men- we forgot to mention at the beginning that the, the Rums Doing podcast is sponsored by the Giving Cream Teas to Paedophiles charity. Yes. This Rum Doing is sponsored <laughs> by the Giving Cream Teas to Paedophiles charity. It's a very important charity. There's a lot more highlighting. I mean, yes, because let's be honest, if paedophiles, instead of (laughs) abusing children, Uh had cream teas, enjoy cream teas, society will be better off for it. And hasn't science proven that it's the same gland in the brain that's rewarded by paedophilia as by cream teas? So they'll lick the cream off a jammy scone and they will feel just as happy as if they... Absolutely. Please please do not finish that sentence. I shan't. It's all gone horribly wrong. Oh, yes, the charity buckets. What's that? (laughs) www. Give a cream tea to a paedophile.org. Because it's not org, it's not com. Because they're a charity. The Charity Commission has given them their certification. (laughs) Suddenly, the number of people I can recommend listen to this podcast. They're they're having... It's just plot. They're having... Radio 4's special charity. (laughs) Produced by Sue Cook. It's going to be. And now, <laughs> Hugh Edwards with a very special message. Hello. <laughs> anyway, the point I was trying to make was... It seems so, I have so, an image now, and I don't want this image. Take the image out of your head. Go. When you go to Waitrose, you have three buckets, right? <laughs> yes. There's one for the local um, school, there's one for giving cream teas to paedophiles, <laughs> yes. and there's one for helping old ladies with cancer. Yes. And you're forced to, in that moment, you've got one counter in three buckets. Your decision isn't, which to which charity do I wish to give my donation? Your decision is, to which of these two charities don't deserve my donation? Oh, I, I, you're I, forced to rank the charities. Oh, no, I solve that. You know how I do that? How I do take three tokens <gasps> from... Because they, they, call the rules. They, they do not police that at Waitrose. Uh-huh. You, if you just put, well, I, I, put, a, I, I put a, my hands it's in. It's a communist regime, Waitrose, yes. isn't it? I, I, put, I, I put my hands in, <coughs> in, in, in the green yes. tokeny bucket, uh-huh. and I just put as many in as I want to. Wow. I mean, I've never dared. I, I mean, all seriousness <coughs> aside, the all seriousness aside, very much so. All, all seriousness aside, our local Waitrose had basically the the, the middle charity in the bucket mm-hmm. was something like. A, a private girls' school. <laughs> they are very charitable. Who wanted who wanted to go out on a gap year to Thailand? Uh huh. And they wanted whether we could give them some money to do it. Well, the parents are all broke from paying for the school. And 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 that was basically the shtick. Right. Give us some money so we can go to Thailand, please. Surprisingly, there weren't many tokens there. Even fewer than for the uh, give a cream tea to a paedophile. <laughs> wow. I've noticed that my other favourite thing when you go to the supermarket, and especially, especially happens in Sainsbury's, is when there's a collection of Boy Scouts or something at the end of each checkout offering mm. to pack your bags for you. Yes. For the last thing I want anyone to do is pack my bags. I am, I am capable of putting oh, you stuff in my own bags. You and my wife are obsessed about that. <laughs> I'm not obsessed uh, about, about it. Ki- about killing cub... Uh, killing cub scouts. Well, very well, much just, my obsession. Ju- just saying, screw the cream tea, just go to that man <laughs> in the corner and leave my bags alone, little boy. <laughs> 
That's right. That's what I want. I don't want to have some idiot, some horrible <laughs> child, putting my eggs at the bottom of my bag and my giant watermelon on oh top. Oh my god! It's like I'm listening to Victoria, except she's pregnant and you're just not. fat. <laughs> yeah, you're just fat. Yes. I can't believe she says the exact same thing. <laughs> it's true. She's correct oh. on this matter. How many times are you pestered by a by a cub? Five, six times a day. It's, it's infuriating. And then they want money for doing it. A job I didn't want them to do in the first place. Bobber they are, you know what they are? They're the windscreen cleaners at traffic lights. <laughs> Bobber That's job. That's what they are. <laughs> Bobber job. <laughs> I wonder if they still call it Bobber job. Dip and I was the cup. No, child. because that, that confuses the cream tea eating pedophiles. You can imagine the cup says Bobber job. Yes. <laughs> Please stop talking about pedophiles. Okay. Let's talk about something altogether far more wholesome. Do you know what would be funny if there was a man called Mr. File and his, his name first name Peter. were Peter? That's funny. That joke was actually made on some programme the other oh, day. Oh, dear. I, I thought, mm, That's why I don't watch programmes. No, you don't. They offend me. Yeah, they offend me as well. I listen to the radio like an old man. I realise I do this with Radio 4. I mean, we talk about Radio 4 an awful lot mm. in these podcasts. But you should. As well, because we're old, grumpy men. But, yes. Um... Uh, my, when I was a kid growing up, there was a kitchen old Bakelite. Was it Bakelite? Is that the right word? No. What are those square... That's a telephone, isn't it? What were those square radios? No, Bakelite is the name of a pl- plastic... Yeah, I know. What were those square radios that, with the one speaker on the front and the doodly-doodly-doodly dial along the top? R2-D2. That's right. <laughs> so an R2-D2 radio. Yeah. There's one of those in my ki- that, in my parents' kitchen mm-hmm. in the house in which I grew up. And yes. it was always, always, always tuned to Radio 4 because all my dad would do is walk into the kitchen and put on the radio. And it bemused me. All he would do was listen to it. And it didn't matter what was on, he would listen mm. to it. And I was like, why, why are you listening to the money programme? And, and I couldn't fathom it. And he just didn't have a rational answer Because their me. mix is good. Remember that we talked in the previous oh, podcast God, about... Stand the money programme. Remember we talked in the previous podcast about commercial stations oh, no, no, well, have had bad I, mix. A Radio 4 has a very specific mix. It's got a specific band pass filter where everything just sounds calm and exactly. measured. But this is my point. So Even I, if they were announcing Doomsday, you would, <laughs> yeah, right. you would, you would, you would have a mug of tea. The end of the world. Except today, wouldn't it would be that? I couldn't. Uh, that's not. Oh, it's just a. It would be that. No, but it, no. You know what it would be today? It would be that. Oh Car- my goodness! <laughs> that Caribbean gentleman. <laughs> it's the funniest accent in all of the world. Uh, no, on radio four. <laughs> it is the end of the world. It's this peculiarly impenetrable accent, and I, I just kind of it just makes me giggle. When, when people were complaining about it, they they said. They were being racist, but a it's I, I didn't know to do I didn't, with this race. I don't know the know colour of the man. All I know is I can barely. But understand. also, I, I I don't think Radio Four should have people with that accent on it. But I don't <laughs> think the, but I don't think Radio Four should have people with my accent on it either. I think Radio Four should have a very specific sort of middle brow, middle class, flattened accent. I don't. Mind and I don't think there should be Australians on them. I don't think there should be Caribbean. <gasps> Certainly shouldn't be Americans. I didn't know you were such a racist against the American race. I yes, the American race. It, it, certainly not South Africans. You know, continuity. No, they can be in programs. Wow. They can be dunked in in the pro, in, in in the moral maze gunk tank, but they <laughs> but they cannot be continuity announcers. I'm shocked and appalled. I, I I totally disagree. I just think one of the rules of continuity is you should be able to speak out loud. Right. Which this guy can't do. He can't. No do it. it doesn't matter what his accent is or his race is or his background. It's all irrelevant. He can't speak out loud. <laughs> well, he has a That's problem. all I want. That's all I want. Well, he is he is a strong Christian, so you're being very rude. I hate all Christians okay fair enough um, <laughs> you, were, you were saying <laughs> you had a point somewhere before you, your incredible racist outburst yeah 
about only British people should be on Radio no, 4. No, no, no. Many British people shouldn't be on Radio 4. <laughs> oh, okay. Liverpudlian certainly oh, should <laughs> What about people from Wolverhampton? No, 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 no. no. I said it's got to be a very middle-of-the-road so sort of accent. Actually, you're, you, funnily enough, your accent, you'd be fine. I'd be fine. That's good to know. I've always got a future in your um, Nazi as a, regime of Radio 4. As a con- I don't. I'd have, I'd have I know, to refuse myself. As but a then continu- Hitler didn't have blue, blue hair and no, blonde eyes either. So. <laughs> no, you, you could be a continuity announcer on my Radio 4. So your father was listening there too. Anyway, that's true. And so my confused. sister, my sister would go in and she would always switch it to something absolutely horrendous, like Capital FM or Kiss mm. or something ghastly like that. And I would switch it to Radio One uh, to listen to the nice because it was Radio One was nice back then. It wasn't full of all these young shouty yeah. people. Yes. Um, <laughs> so it's and there was this constant war for what st- which station our radio was tuned to in, in uh, you know, creaking the chair. Like you hate it when you creak the chair. Yeah. Um, and then now I am like her person. The radio in the kitchen in this house is permanently tuned to Radio 4. The first thing I do when I walk in the kitchen is switch it on, and then I listen to whatever happens to be playing. I'm sorry I've to become my dad. I'm sorry to go on about my foreign experiences, uh-huh. but I think it does allow me to talk about certain British institutions with a different mm-hmm. perspective. And I can say this in genuine honesty. Um, the first night that I was here we, we, we flew here and we arrived obviously arrived in the morning the first night I was here I had a clock radio and I fell asleep listening to the sounds of sailing by playing right. on Radio 4 so it's got a very um, can you sing it can you sing it for us yes but I shan't oh. unless you sing along and you refuse to sing I can't I, I was just trying to think how the tune went because I am completely well, do you want me to sing? I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you I, just, I could only get to the Archer's tune in my head do, at that point. do 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 and then then there's oh, yeah. do 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 and I thought it's uh, at the time I thought it sounded like a bit like Debussy's La Mer. Um, well, it, it doesn't, but it had the, that sort of wavy sound to it. It's similar right. to what Debussy does in La Mer. I, I was precocious. I was going to say, <laughs> fucking how old were you? And I, but, but, I, but, but I found it. I found mother, it, mother, this sounds like Debussy. I thought they're, 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 they're quoting Debussy's motifs <laughs> in this strange little waltz. And I found it uh, interestingly comforting and oh, poignant did. even then, the first time I heard it. I hate it. I, no, I don't I like it, but by. it sounded poignant. I like and it better than I like the national anthem, with that ridiculous pomp at the beginning. Of the <laughs> Stand up! <laughs> Come on, everyone! Although it's up. bedtime, although it's bedtime, get out of bed, <laughs> put on a tie, and salute Her Majesty <laughs> the German Queen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the most horrendous sound, and then it just there's so much build up into the ghastly old droning awful tune, and then it's suddenly it's just BBC World Service. It's like really that was what we were building up to. Do you know what the biggest tragedy is? It used to be that it would play that it would go but then of course it would it would immediately. It would immediately hit into. It would immediately hit into um, the world service, which would then go. <laughs> uh, they don't play Libelero Do anymore. Not? No, they've got this oh. weird synthesized sort of go. <laughs> and that's all they have now. It's Aww. very sad. So I don't stay up as late as I used to to hear World Service anymore. Uh, occasionally, if I'm driving somewhere, I hear it, and they don't have Lily Bellera because apparently it's rude to the Irish. Oh, is it? Apparently it's so. But then again, our national anthem is rather rude to the Scots. Our national anthem, <laughs> the royal anthem, it yeah. goes about the knavish Scots and they should all be killed or something. So what you well, said? I agree with that. My hatred <laughs> of the Scots. I'm fully so, 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 so you're only quoting the national anthem. That's right. Yeah. 
but <laughs> I, I, you see, I don't mind. I think Radio... I'm quite happy that Radio 4 play the national anthem, um, but I think it should be an interesting and considered arrangement. Yeah. Uh, uh, and slightly quiet. It's, 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 it's you know, like a lullaby, just... Just sending you to sleep with a few augmented chords to problematise the notion of nationality. I think that would be fine. That's more of a Radio Four thing to do, not this, <laughs> not so, so, not to suddenly turn into Radio BNP. <laughs> I like the bedtimeliness of that moment on Radio Four, though. He's like, yes, go to bed I remember now. someone doing a, a, a joke on. I think it was very, very early Dead Ringers. This is just the Radio Four podcast now, isn't it? <laughs> uh, very early Dead Ringers, where they did the impression of the, they were doing Book at Bedtime, mm. and the person. After the after the continuation announcer saying, and that was book at bedtime or Radio Four, which means it's time for bed. <laughs> yes. No, no more fuss. Come on, off you go. That's enough now. And the, but they don't really do that. They but they do do it at quarter to uh, one in the morning. I have to point out that I said do do there because it's do, very do, amusing do to me. What you've done, done, um, done before. <laughs> so about so quarter to one, then yeah. they really kick into. Come on now, that's enough. It it's really enough. is bedtime now. <laughs> yeah. It's quite late. Yes, you've even listened you to the shipping forecast. Do you think any sailor in the world <laughs> with modern GPS trackers <laughs> and uh, wireless connections to data services really needs to tune into Radio 4? Oh my goodness, let's see if we're going to be going into a gale. <laughs> Dogger. <laughs> oh, thanks for Radio <laughs> 4. Nobody listens to Radio uh, 4 for that. About what about uh, gentle old fishermen in their boats? No. no, I think the only reason they do it is that if they stopped doing it, oh, the they would they, they, they would be a fatwa, <laughs> a middle class fatwa against the controller <laughs> of Radio Four. So they all know it's a conspiracy. They all know that all of this stuff is ridiculous yes, for broadcasting. Of course, of course. People get mar- maritime printouts. It's on the internet. It's everywhere. Yes. There is absolutely no reason why it needs to suddenly be at a quarter to one in the morning. Uh, being read out on a radio station. The British reaction to any change on the radio is splendid. Now, I think it's a bit unfair to level this to the Terry Wogan thing because Terry Wogan is is is, is not the same as Chris Evans, and I think Chris Evans will probably do to a splendid job. Put it into context job. in case somebody's listening to this in 823 years' time. Okay. Terry Wogan has just announced <laughs> that he'll be leaving his Radio Two program. I was thinking. I was genuinely thinking to myself, we need to get you to do more of your impressions. <laughs> I'm really glad a few of them have I'm come not, up. I'm, I'm not brilliant, but I'm not <laughs> as terrible. not that bad. I'm not as terrible as I should be. That's <laughs> no, true. <laughs> I don't know how well they record, but talk. I was quite impressed. But actually, I mean, the thing about Terry Wogan is that even I know his goodness. Yeah, and yes, he's, he's not Chris Evans. Good man. He's not Chris Evans, but. I think Chris, Chris Evans, Evans isn't him, but who, who cares? It's yeah, a know, radio program. I know, Chris, but the thing is, Chris Evans did the best radio program of all time. Best yeah. British, best really? uh, music radio. The Chris Evans Breakfast Show on I Radio One to it. was fantastic. It was just brilliant. Better than Chris Moyles. <laughs> yes. Can you? <laughs> Surprisingly enough, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm being sev- slightly uh-huh. serious here, and I'm not. I'm not being fatuous by asking. Mm-hmm. And I mean this in a genuine way. Can genuine way? Can you explain to me? the attraction of Chris Moyles as a broadcaster. I, I genuinely can't, but however, I also couldn't explain to you the attraction of going to a nightclub on a Friday evening. And No, I, I could. I mean, I could say, I don't like that, right. but here are the attractions of going to a nightclub on Friday evening. You get to listen to very loud music, you get to take drugs, and you get, if you're lucky, to have some sex. So that's right. perfectly understandable if you like doing those things. However, I can't get into the mindset of somebody who likes anything that Chris Moyles does. It's not that he's particularly terrible it's just that he's totally banal and he doesn't seem to have anything that I think we had this exact conversation in the first podcast we might have but you never answered and I'm no, waiting I don't really, well, I don't really have an answer because I don't like him well, I, don't, I don't actively dislike no, that's him that's the point he's, he's not 
somebody to do. He's just no, he's somebody, fine. Well, if somebody can explain, why I remember. I remember his four AM show. Maybe I said this last time as well, but I remember no, his four AM show on Radio One, and I remember hearing him play. He played some weird jingle with a Kermit the Frog impression that would make me <coughs> laugh, and then he played this this jingle. Then Pete Tong, I don't know if Pete Tong's still on Radio One, but he was the dance mm. music presenter, and he, he played this jingle on his breakfast show, on his <coughs> early morning breakfast show on Radio on Radio One that just went Pete Tong, Pete Tong, ding a ling long. That just struck me as extremely funny, and I thought, well, he seems quite a funny guy. Then I worked for a radio station that broadcast a program at the same time as him, and the presenter I worked for claimed that Moyles always nicked out his ideas. And so he became a bitter enemy at that point. Tiresome. Yeah. Boylesy. Uh, if you Do you know what the guy I work for used to call him? No. Chris Boyles. Crispy Boyles. Not yes. Chris Moyles. He looks like the sort of person who should have a big boil on his neck, doesn't he? I don't know. I have nothing does. against him. He no, seems I... to be a genuinely Meh. friendly guy and Meh. just doesn't it's not really Meh. all that palling around and go, Oh yeah, I got wasted kind of stuff doesn't mm. really interest me. No. Well, if you ever find... These days you'll find Radio 1 far too raucous. Oh, yes, of and, course. And so Radio 4. But if you ever find that even Radio 4 is beginning to be a little <laughs> bit too... Um, it's all on it, too edgy. Too edgy, then, of course, you've always got Radio 3. But Radio 3 is the edgiest of well, all yes, the Well, yes, that's, that, that's the point. It's you, the secret. You'll think it is. It's, it's, it's got a secret. secret. And now on Radio 3, we're going to play three hours of people getting killed with chainsaws. <laughs> It's a lot like that. Late, I remember driving home. This is a hundred years. Although play some weird techno that Radio One would never go anywhere near <laughs> no. at one in the morning. I was, I was, I was driving home, and this was a long, long time ago, many years ago. But I was driving home, and it was listening to the Late Junction, and um, they played. Uh, they played something, and I feel like I'm exaggerating, but it barely was any different than Moldovian nose flutes. It was yes. something of that. It, yes. it, it, it's obscure instrument played, yes. and, and it was it was beautiful and fantastic. And then that. Was, there was no gap. There was no presenter coming in and saying thing. Mm. That track was followed up by um, Rammstein, the yes. German uh, he- heavy metal group, yeah. which was immediately followed up by American indie singer Smog singing a beautiful song called "Little Girl Shoes." Yeah, it was. I've never heard of this more eclectic collection of music in a row. And this is Radio Three. I would. I I would suggest to anybody who's listening to this who doesn't even know the radio station exists mm. of a late night when you're driving somewhere and the rain's coming down. And you have the road to yourself. Just turn on Radio Three at that oh, time, yeah. and sat- you you will have an interesting experience. I, one Saturday night, driving home from far away, uh, listening to Radio Three, and I listened to, and I think it was an hour long. Maybe it was only half an hour. Of someone had taken the recorded the ambient sound of a restaurant or a cafe, and had remixed it. Not added anything to it, but simply moved the sound <coughs> around to create almost rhythms and melodies in the background mm. and it lasted it was at least half an hour long and it was just ambient restaurant sound and it was one of the most fantastic things I've ever heard and it was broadcast on Radio 3 well that reminds me of um, some of the experiments that um, found sound and concrete sound people did in the 40s and 50s oh, yeah. and then the Beatles tried to do it in uh, Revolution Number no. 9 and that kind of thing uh, talking of the Beatles, what what oh, do you, what do you think of the Beatles? You can just say they just they fine. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're fine. Important, they're astonishingly important, and, and and unless you understand the context in which their music was released, you can't understand its impact and, and the significance that it had. But I don't really particularly enjoy listening to very much of it. T- to be honest, sometimes I think that their ideas are better than their musicianship. Right. I don't think I don't particularly like. Paul McCartney's or John Lennon's voice. I don't okay. think they're... Uh, and in fact, John Lennon sometimes alluded to this. He he said, uh, when he sang Twist and Shout, and, you know, he screamed it out, uh, mm. and he said, 
I suddenly listened to myself again and I thought, this is embarrassing, I'm sounding like a black, trying to be a black man singing this. And you right. know, and sometimes you do get the feeling that they they know they've stolen all this um, uh, black music, this mm-hmm. rhythm and blues music. But their voices just weren't and, good enough and, to and the idiom just wasn't. And, and so, of course, they, they did interesting things with it. But you get this, I get the sense, and actually Lennon said to himself, you get the sense that they always knew that what they really wanted to be doing was good, grungy rock and roll. And you right, can okay. see them trying to do with Helter Skelter and things like that. Mm. But almost Helter Skelter's trying too hard. Right. It just doesn't feel natural. They can't just sit down and do a genuinely good Mississippi Delta blues. And I think that probably gnawed at them. And, and probably that's the reason why they did some interesting things. It was this slight feeling of inadequacy that probably led them to having to do interesting things Maybe, with that yeah. feeling of inadequacy. If they'd have felt comfortable in their own musical skin, I don't think they would have produced the stuff that they did in the interesting way they did. I think it was a constant search for idiom and a constant feeling that actually they weren't really real. Oh, they okay. were just they were they were emulating something and they were trying to find their right. groove. And I, I think that's possibly where you find the most interesting sort of musical changes. It's not I think when people are slightly too comfortable in their idioms I don't think that the music's that interesting. It's when they are, then when they're searching and when they're seeking. And I think you find this in lots of genres. I I, I genuinely genuine generally don't like too much uh, hip hop or rap music. Mm-hmm. But where I do, it's where people sound slightly unconvincing. Okay. As as hip hop or rap artists, and you they're trying slightly too hard, but because of this, they you can hear they're slightly estranged from it, and are looking at it from the outside, and therefore I find it more interesting. The estrangement, I think that's true. Certainly of the estrangement. I mean, my 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 favorite was always uh, in the nineties was always um, the disposable heroes of hypocrisy, which of course I fan out was introduced to by listening to Chris Morris <coughs> when he would play all their stuff. And they're, 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 that album is an absolute masterpiece. And now my but the the the, the uh, hip hop artist I enjoy the most is uh, Bus Driver. Who is very much of the same, yeah. this kind of outside looking in uh, perspective, kind of, mm. and, and he's almost an analysing the, the the genre constantly in his albums. Yeah, is fantastic. I think that sort of deconstructive approach is always more interesting. That yes. said, occasionally you just want to listen to some good, solid blues and things like that yeah, where they are course. just enjoying themselves. But yeah. you know, if life were just good, solid blues, it would be terribly dull. So. I've just really. In a really kind of deconstructiony place with music right now. Um, you're not allowed. Uh, you're not allowed to use that uh, construction. I'm in an X place, or my head's in an X space. Oh, I'm sorry. You I can't use that. that anymore. That's okay. the, the music to which I'm finding myself appealingly drawn toward. <laughs> that's, that's very elegant. <laughs> Doesn't have to be a writer or something. Yes. Uh, yeah, like the books. Everyone should listen to the books. Oh, um, really? I yes. have not myself. I should play some of the books. See, your your attempts to move gently in that Sorry. chair to make it so fantastic. This is a very creaky, creaky chair. Um, we're we're coming up to forty three minutes, and isn't that it's where nearly, we end? This is where we nearly done. Okay, so the BBC. Actually, we have ended up talking about the BBC <laughs> oh goodness, almost oh, totally, no. but we haven't said whether it, we have not said whether That's their, their license fee should be paid. But I think you can get the answer from my earlier statements about <laughs> James Murdoch who is a proud founder member of Give, give no, Cream Tea to Peter. No, we've got to go, bye. Uh, 